Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, there we go. Talk Recorded live. A-U-N. American Underground Network. The primary reason why the individual citizens of a country create a political structure is a subconscious wish or desire to perpetuate their own dependency relationship of childhood. Simply put, they want a human God to eliminate all risk from their lives. At the moment, kiss their bruises, a chicken on every dinner table, close their bodies, tuck them into bed at night, and tell them that everything will be all right when they wake up in the morning. This public demand is incredible, so the human god, the politician, meets incredibility with incredibility by promising the world and delivering nothing. So who is the bigger liar, the public or the godfather? All revolutions have been led by young people. If you just think of the TV images of whether it's Tiananmen Square or whether it's the uh, revolts in Central America or Europe, it's the young people, it's the college people who are more principled and not locked in and they're not embedded with the government. They are the ones who are concerned about the future because the future is theirs. My research has shown at this point that the future laid out for us may be just about impossible to change. I do not agree with the means by which the powerful few have chosen for us to reach the end. I do not agree that the end is where we should end at all. But unless we can wake the people from their sleep, nothing short of civil war will stop the planned outcome. It's the National Collective Consciousness Show with Dee Dee Farrell in Portland, Oregon, Jim Condit Jr. in Cincinnati, Ohio, Steve Harris in Charlotte, Carolina. Now, live from Evanston, Illinois, your host, Fred Smart. Hey, thank you, everyone. I would first, before we start the call, I would first uh, ask everyone to, to say a prayer uh, for those who have suffered in the sh- in the shootings there in uh, Roseburg, Oregon. A terrible tragedy has taken place, and uh, so many families and, and people all over that area and around the country are, are, are probably in desperate need for consolation. Uh, information and answers and, and any prayers you could offer w- would sincerely help. We are really humbled and gratified to have back as the second installment uh, Dr. Julio Antonio Del Marmo, uh, who is going to continue uh, sharing with us his life story, uh, his his fight for the liberty, uh, the principles of liberty and freedom are deep, as you can tell when he presents. Uh, expressing his true feelings, uh, his true story, his life story uh, as a freedom fighter and as a master spy. It's kind of ironic uh, 
because the more we all delve into this freedom, liberty issue, the truth, justice, and everything else, it's almost like we're we're forging on the other side of the veil. Uh, and and there are many people who would like to cast us as as spies <coughs> or terrorists or something nefarious. That you know we just would like to receive and deliver and share the truth. And Dr. Julio Antonio Delmarmo is, is back with us as the second installment to begin telling us how we became a spy and, and, and how this opened up uh, so many incredible doors to a story that we're going to learn more about as, as he comes back. I'd also like to acknowledge once again Brett Killerland and Tad Atkinson for uh, introducing us to Dr. Marmo. Uh, that I believe uh, either they're both on or one of them around the call tonight. And everyone, uh, we look forward to, as Dr. said uh, in the preamble to this call, he's very interested in hearing uh, your questions, whether they be opposed or for or with what he is about to share. Uh, and the archives for this call will be available. You can please uh, access them via our website and share them with others on your email or other platforms because uh, we want to get the word out about uh, this information. All the links are in the newsletter for our website at aunetwork.tv. And uh, Dr. Marmel, thank you again for coming on. We really appreciate your continuing with us in, in this second installment. Thank you for inviting me again. And uh, actually, I want to start uh before we go to my story uh to uh, tell not only the american people the entire world uh we have a, a, a very very nasty fight in our hands uh because every every second time uh every second period in, in life we have an evil force try to conquer us and to destroy the freedom and the and the morals and the and the roots of the good institutions of the good people. And what happened today in Oregon is not a casualty. It's uh, it's a well planned uh ideological uh training uh the three continentals formed in Cuba in nineteen fifty nine, practically in the beginning of the revolution, because that these people are elements from the international Marxist Lenin joined junction and they, they they come to the conclusion the only way that they can corrupt the society is to get into their young men's and, and women's they don't have a, a, a completely ideological political uh, structure in, in their mind yet and they are invited to those countries and feed these people with hate and for uh, all these kind of immoral things. They they see things in life. And they send them back to do atrocities around the world. And one of the examples I, I can tell you is, uh, I'm not going to get deeply in this, but, you know, I I saw that personally in Cuba before the 9-11. Uh, I saw that how they bring people to their uh, contacts around the world, want to do harm to not only to United States to all the democratic countries around the world, 
and they give you a, a sweet life, six months, five months, even a year, and a beautiful beaches and good food and good uh, life, even put in their, in their hotel rooms, a beautiful woman's. And uh, I promise these people they're going to be the ones leaders in the future in, the, in, the, uh, in, the, in all these other countries. And then they send it back to do atrocities around the world. And uh, I pray today to see if this end soon, because we see this repeatedly, especially in here in the United States. And our political leaders completely don't have no clue, you know, because they completely not even engage with the intelligent community and what the intelligent community has been repeatedly telling them, you know, about these dangers. And they keep on blaming the guns and keep on believing in this uh, uh, stupid uh, conspiracy theories and et cetera, et cetera. And believe me, it's nothing more real than what, is, what we see happen in those colleges and those schools and those movie theaters. And I saw with my own eyes, when I a kid, exactly the same film. It's like you watching the film two times. Happen right in, in my backyard, in my, in my schools, in, 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 my, in the town I live, how they put bombs under the see to the people, the innocent people blow what don't have nothing to do with the political, ideological uh, ideas they, they, they wanted to implant in there or whatever. But people don't realize, you know, what is going on. People, people that are really not political savvy and they don't know because they're not, you cannot blame them. They not, they not have any idea that what is going on. Dr. Marvel, before you get, again, before you get underway, what, what you're basically, to, to, to kind of restate this, you're saying there's a global network of ideological Marxists that are seeking to, despite whatever was fed through the propaganda of Mills, uh, is still out there, still active, and still very destructive, and that it is seeking to destroy freedom, destroy liberty, and to uh, end uh, the march of of, of 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 the path of justice and and truth in our world, and it's always been out there. It's a force of evil, and uh, these people are trained to blow things up, trained to kill. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Wow. It, and, and it's been going on for 50 years. This is what I tell people. What I speak, what I say, and saying, please confront me. You know, tell me exactly what your doubts are, because I'm going to bring you the logic and put it in your face. And, and you go and do the rest. You do your homework. And if you find a shred of truth in what I'm saying, start to open your eyes before it's too late. Because this is not something happening here and there sporadically. It's happening around the world, you know, and every single country is, in, is embracing the democratic system and it got established institutions that go after them. You see that constantly in, in Hispano America or Latino America, whatever you want to call it, 
I call it Hispanic America because that is a proper way to call it. Not Latin America, we're not Latins. You know, we actually send it to the Spanish people, the colonial, colonial uh, all the islands in, in, in the Caribbean islands or whatever. But they started in there a long time ago. And they, if you see in today's day, you go to a map, you go, you go back in 1959, and you put a map in the table, like the intelligent tool, and you see how many countries in that time, no matter what, we got dictators, we got uh, all kinds of crop and, and back uh, political uh, arrests in, in some countries. But they're all democratic countries, and they all elect their president. They all have cabinet. They all have a congress. And slowly, through all this period from the revolution in Cuba, uh-huh. you see how many countries they are embracing the socialism and Marxist doctrine today. It's no more elections anymore, and, they, and, and the ones who have elections, they're all fake, like they did in Cuba. They, yeah. Yeah. they take Fidel Castro and they put the brother, okay? Yeah. And, it's a, you know, it's, it's all like, a, like an illusion. And, and, and the fact, the most important fact is they cultivate a young youth because a romantic idea, they're helping the poor, and they're going to be doing great things, and they're corrupting politicians. What I don't deny exists everywhere. No. Okay? They use that, and they bring these kids and offer college, university, everything for free in Cuba. It's been going on for 50 years. And now they got Venezuela, they got Nicaragua, they got El Salvador, they got Honduras, they got all these countries now. What is actually the initial idea to Che Guevara to put together all the Latin American countries or Hispanic American countries and, and create a block and to that block go to the borders to Mexico where we have completely open. Mm-hmm. And we don't, accordingly with them, we don't even have to shoot a guns. We're going to get United States of America in, in, in their needs, and we will control United States of America. And I saw that, is, you know, slowly how they, you know, they fail in some countries like Bolivia, they fail in some countries like Granada, you know, some, some places they got setbacks because we got a good, strong administration in here in the United States government. But we got a weak administration. We got a, we got a, a president say something and do something completely different. And it's a joke everywhere. Then all the, you see, when you don't perceive evil, you don't, you don't punish evil, evil grow. Evil procreate. And then it's going to be a difficult 2,000 times to eliminate that evil because the evil grow, get stronger, it get roots. And that is what has been happening, you know? And I saw those kids coming from here, not only from Germany, from Italy, from all the countries around the world, from the United States of America. 
to cut, cut for free sugar cane in, in those fields because they love the revolution, and that is what the professors in the universities here in the United States put in so their brains. These young students, very impressionable, would be offered uh, free education, trips, etc., and then would be placed around the world in other institutions to, to, to um, ideologically guide and direct. Uh, I, I think all of our major educational institutions have been infected by this. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. You're right. You know, like the recruiters in the Army and the Navy and, and all these uh, uh, branches of the government we have, we, we got recruiters going to the different places to recruit those young kids who come into the Army, come into the Navy, and they give you uh, free medical care, they give you this, they give you that. Exactly the same they do these people, the, uh, the three continental union, they've been doing this for 50 years, sending these recruiters to a dollar university, to a UCI, to UCLA, and they're recruiting these kids. And the professors are in accomplices. I don't say everyone because you cannot really generalize, but the majority of the, pro- the, the professors in these universities and college. They are people from the extremely left winds telling these kids the Marxist ladies are the beautiful dream in the world, and we should all embrace it because it's going to be the paradising earth. And then these kids, you know, follow to that dream. They give you free tickets to go to Mexico. At that time, now they can't even go from here because Obama opened the doors. Okay, or go to another country and fly to Cuba, spend a year, a year or two years. They come back here, completely radicalized, radicalized, yeah. and and they go and buy a gun. And what they feel frustrated because they cannot do half the what they tell it in Cuba or in Venezuela or in those countries to do. Then they blow the nine, ten, twenty, fifty people in one of those colleges. Look in the look in the first thing. We don't know nothing that what happened in there, and I don't like to speculate. But looking the phrase this kid, 20 years old, used before he called in the classrooms and he said to shoot people. Just check in the media and you see the phrase he used. In other words, today the the religious is an opium. The religious are no good. The religious are the worst. God don't exist. And that is how they penetrate the mind in the young youth to take away his principle, his, his line, the morals is being taken by the kids, by, from, from what they are kids, from the mom and dad and the professors in the, in, in the primary school. And after you take the kid out of those roots, you know, they do whatever. They, they, you, you convert a, a nice, good person because that kid can be the greatest family and the greatest uh, person in the world. But they are doctrinated. And look at my father. My father kicked me out of what I 12 years old to the street because in his eyes I had traded to the revolution. And my father is a great man. 
for those who were not on the first call, just a quick recap. Uh, Dr. Marmel's father was the main financier or organizer behind the financing and the support of the revolution that brought Castro, Castro to power. And he went into that whole story in great detail. And uh, as a young man, 10, 11, 12 years old, and he, he witnessed the behind-the-scenes involvement of his father funding the rebels, funding the terrorists that blew up bombs, that blew up innocent people all over Cuba that brought down Batista. This is what he was talking about now is the radicalization of these agents, of these elements that are educated, that are sent overseas and then brought back here to uh, continue this path of destruction that um, he has witnessed uh, throughout his life. Uh, is that a proper way of stating it, Dr. Rowe? Absolutely. You're 100% right. But uh, let me tell you one thing. What I, what I see you, President, today, Mr. Obama, telling people I'm blaming the guns again and trying to regulate your guns and everything, yeah. I want inv- I'm, going to, I'm going to invite your audience to go on the history and check what is the first thing Castro did in Cuba? He took away the guns, he, right? You know why? Because he cannot tell people in the revolution, oh, we, we, we will disarm you guys. We're going to take the guns away. We don't want guns. He cannot do that because the people already, it's a rumors that the government is going to do that, and people say, you're going to take my gun by the barrel. And he know he's going to have a problem. Then he start to... Uh, making up arbitrary laws that we already win the revolution. What did anybody need a gun for? You know, if you want, you can have a little uh, rifle to uh, you know to hunting, but you don't need an automatic rifle. You don't need a machine gun. You don't need a pistol. This is a, for the armed forces only. Blah 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 blah. And the minute that is complete, legalized. No people can have guns in Cuba except the armed forces. That yep. is the minute where everyone loses their freedom. And I saw and the president you, today. You, you, you see that pattern, that shadow, that same pattern hanging over this country, correct? Exactly. It's step by step. Sometimes, sometimes it's eerie because I got a goosebumps. What I see with the president of the United States, the free... The, the the leader to the free world repeating the same words I hear 50 years ago from the mouth of the, the, the Castro brothers and the Che Guevara. Isn't that and I say, oh, like my verbatim. God. Oh, my God. Wow. I say, oh, my God. It's like a, like a deja vu. Okay? Because, listen, I'm not saying, you know, everybody go in the street and shooting each other or anything like that. That's a crazy idea. But everyone is entitled to have a gun to protect yourself. And that is the last thing Obama said today. He said, everybody, the gun owners, to have the gun for hunting, the gun for pleasure, the gun for this. And I, I, I almost, I say, oh, you're not going to say for protection. In the end, like, you don't want to say it. You say, well, I'm, I'm the guy for personal protection, whatever. In other words, that is the most important 
reason to the human being in any country have a, a weapon to defend yourself. Mm-hmm. It's going to be always criminals. It's going to be always defend people. yourself it's and the, your family and your family. Exactly. And, and, the, and the principles and the principles that country has been founded, that way the government don't abuse you yeah. and the government don't do whatever the hell they want because you don't have no, no right to, 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 to retaliate against the government. Okay? We have to believe in the government. We have to uh, praise the government. What the government actually follow what the people want. But the, what the government don't follow, what the people want, and the, and the government start to persecute their own people, and start to arrest the people for arbitrary things, that is the minute that the government should shut down. Because it's a very thin hair in between that and it coming to be a dictator. Mm-hmm. And when you have a dictator, my friend, kiss goodbye all your rights. Yep. And it's very sad. Believe me, I live wow. through that. And I am the, I, you know, I've been an spy, I've been inside watching both sides. And I hear what they say they're going to do next. And I coming back to the street and I hear the other people what they say, what, what they have in mind. And I say, my God, if they only know, tomorrow is not going to be no more currency because they to change the currency tonight, not telling anyone. And tomorrow, what people go to the bank, they're going to tell you. You know how you don't need to have ten thousand dollars in account. You the government going to provide to you all what you need at the back is maybe a hundred dollars or hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. That's all and, you the, and, the, and they took all the money from one night to one day to the other to from from the people's hand. And if you don't stay in line and change your money, the next day after that your money you you can use it for toilet paper because they already changed the money and put their own faces in the money and all the stuff. And that's what happened in Cuba, right? This is exactly what happened in Cuba. And it happened in every communist country around the world. People forget because, unfortunately, it's been so many years as the Stalin and all these horrible dictators we have. Okay? But people, all what they have to think is Marxists and communists it's the extreme left wing. It's exactly like the extreme right wing. It's only a hair between. And if you go back in history, who is in the extreme right wing? Hitler. And in between him and Stalin, it's one single hair. And they finish hating each other and fighting each other. Because extreme cannot tolerate another extreme. There was no one win with a political system like that. Everybody lose. And you start to lose the right to go to the court to contest a ticket, a policeman give it to you. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you no don't recourse, seek a fair. No yep. Yeah. You start to lose that little tiny thing. They say, Well, the police is always right. And they said wow. you cannot con- contest 
that ticket. If the police say you're doing something wrong, it's because you're doing something wrong. Because you're an enemy to the revolution, or you're an enemy to the state, or whatever, but they want to uh, stigmatize it. And then the next day, it's another law. And the next day, it's another law. And it gets to the point you can't even leave the country because they don't give you a passport. Oh, my God. Because the government controls everything. Well. And how are you going to rebel? You cannot rebel yourself because you don't have a weapon. And what is, let's come back to what my, the beginning to my conversation. What is the first thing they did? To take your weapons away. Dr. Marvel, that is why every, that is a, the reason every time something like, horrible like this happened, and Obama or anybody coming and say, let's take the weapons, let's they restrict, let's make a law, they tell you, no, you're going to be able to have your hunting rifle, blah, blah, blah. But later on, you don't even want to have a hunting rifle. Because they're not going to allow you to have a hunting rifle. And worse, you actually member to the political party. They know and somebody bow for you, and they know you're not going to do anything against the government. Yeah. In other words, not everyone will be able to hunt it later on. Because anybody killing Cuba with a rifle in the shoulder, immediately get arrested. Wow. And once he, he pulled out an ID for the G2 or from the Communist Party or something like that, well, then they are allowed to do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. Wow. Who want to live in a country like that? Crazy. Really? And I see it just, just to kind of go back and reset to start the second installment um, of your life story, uh, how you became an undercover spy is the st- subject of tonight's installment. And um, in the previous show, you told us how you first got uh, involved with the revolution with your father, with Fidel, uh, and, and, and were buying it lock, stock, and barrel, and then started to question what you were witnessing, <coughs> confronting your father, and your father uh, called you a a, uh, a traitor. traitor. And, and you, you had to, uh, in a very, very hard way, uh, stand on, on what you believed in, and, and, and it brought you to the doorstep of, I believe you mentioned your uncle. Uh, yes. Kind of opened the door to that project. Yeah, it's a, it's a doctor in a pediatrician and, and uh, gynecologist. Your uncle was My a gynecologist, okay? Yeah, gynecologist and a pediatrician. Okay, and a pediatrician. And you were telling him or confiding with him uh, of your conflict with your father. And how did this all kind of come to where he opened up to you? Uh, kind of take us back to wh- what exactly happened, because he was the one who, who opened the door to you becoming a spy. Go ahead. Well, um, you know, whatever we... Uh, we don't even finish the conversation. What, what he feel convinced, the are sincere, and I'm not going to uh, play a danger to him in any way or manner because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm telling full blast, you know, my emotions in that moment. He say, sit down, I want to you meet somebody. And he picked the phone and he called somebody in the phone. At that moment, I don't even know who it is. 
mm-hmm. going to be one of the highest uh, military uh, commanders in the revolution. We call it the general. That's a cold name. And uh, the guy tried to to get uh, right to the system because they, they they see what is going on and and they uh, working the you know working the both sides. But you know it's a completely in our side. He wanted to turn down the, the regime. And he met with me that day, and uh, we all agree the the next step will be training. I had to go to the intense training training and to get the skills and prepare myself psychologically in case I get arrested or whatever. Uh, that way I don't compromise anyone, what I'm supposed to do and what I'm not supposed to do and and what I'm supposed to carry with me. And uh, from there, not even six months later, uh, I start to take pictures and every military uh, compound, mm-hmm. I took the picture from the uh, fresh crate uh, with the missiles coming from Cuba, uh, from the mm-hmm. Soviet Union. Actually, we opened it with a crowbar, the boxes, mm-hmm. and I took an, uh, taking a picture with a uh, pen. They give it to me. And uh, sum- atomic submarines, they establish a base in there in Cienfuegos. They, uh, they they start to bring the Soviets said completely overload that island, prepare for a third world tree. You know, wow. it, they bring everything you imagine it. Or so any, wait a minute, anybody. Oh, okay. wait, are we on? Did you mention Guantanamo Bay? No, Guantanamo Bay is completely surrendered immediately okay. by, by by Soviet. Uh, uh, in, uh, what we call it, uh, uh, short-range uh, short missiles. If okay. if they if they if they, but they by any minute going to have a confrontation with the United States, the first thing is going to blow up is the is the one the, the base in Guantanamo. And what we what I take pictures of all that stuff, and I start sending it to to through my contacts in Guantanamo. And they sent it to the intelligent community. In the beginning, almost a year passed because they don't believe it. They cannot believe the Soviets doing that. Like, a, like a nobody believe Putin putting right now the entire army in in in, in Syria, and he got a airplanes and he got and he bombarded. A, the, the rebels, not the the ISIS like the promised Obama. Nobody believed that. You see, what this guy wanted, he wanted a confrontation with the United States. This guy is crazy what is going on. That is exactly the same situation as a right in, in with Nikita Khrushchev in that time. The United States government don't believe why they doing what they do. And they doing what they doing because they can in that time. They realized the Kennedy don't want to have a confrontation. The Bahia Pigs fail. The all that stuff. Uh, Kennedy don't want to be uh, appeared in, in the eyes to the rest of the world like a United States invading Cuba. What that, they, what that should be the one, the first step 
this nation should take because Cuba is part of the America. And when we get the Soviet right there, it's an invasion to our, to our territory. Whereas we should right there immediately react and decapitate whatever if they have tried to bring a Soviet system or Marxist system over there. But they blame politicians, and they allow to that happen, and the Soviets get stronger and stronger. And, and believe me, from amphibious boats, but in that time, you see very rare because they're very expensive, to a submarines, nuclear submarines, they are in Cuba at that time. And it's still there. And that is what I say in the last show. What do you think if we go to Bosnia, we go to even Panama, take Noriega out, uh, we go to any country in the world we have a, a, a problem, like Iraq, but we never touch Cuba. What is the reason? Yeah. And the reason is because those missiles never left Cuba. And the intelligence community know that. Oh, and we God. got him. And we got a maniac in there. So, so, so the embargo and the end of diplomatic relations was basically a. Uh, are you saying it was it, it was to cover that whole truth up, right? Let me let me give you let me give you a, a, a stop in the, the story and give you a good uh, a reading and debris about that. Okay. We sitting in Cuba, loading the Soviet ships. This is in the end to the crisis. With junk, with old tractors, old transmission, old cars, um, ag- agricultural machinery, uh, rusty, not good, loading those stripped ships. And I said, What the hell are we doing this for? And they explained to me. They put in torch over all the, the ships, and they telling United States government they taking the, the missiles out of Cuba. The Navy intelligence is so pissed. They almost blow the fuse because they told them, stay back. We don't have to inspect those ships. That is the agreement between the President Kennedy and Nikita Khrushchev. We have to take their word. Okay? No missile ever left Cuba because I took pictures after the fact and I sent it to the intelligence. All what they did is relocate the missiles. But what happened? Kennedy can tell that to the American people because he told that to the American people. The American people are going to put it out of the office. What the hell are you doing? Okay? And then in order to prevent an escalation in, 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 escalation in, the, in, in the confrontation with the Soviets, they allow Cuba a state there permanent. Tell me what country in the world been sending armies and I tell the you audience again, do your homework. Go back and check. They, Cuba sent armies to Angola, to Ethiopia, to Algeria, to Middle East, to every country around the world. This is actually an invasion to the sovereignty to these countries. And the United States never do nothing about it. Only what we do send the intelligence community or the CEOs or whatever uh, camouflage and the ground operations to stop what they're doing. But we're not confronting them 
and do exposure internationally what they've been doing for the past 50 years. And now Obama telling the American people that Cuba has not been doing nothing, no terrorist act for the past six months. We have to remove it out of the terrorist list. You tell me she doesn't make any logic. That come back in that time. We load those ships with the Soviet ships. And we see all this done just to defraud the President of the United States and the intelligence community. Of course, they don't know. They got them all inside to their own forces. Whereas that little mm-hmm. kid, and I go and take pictures to all these weapons, and what what they do is dig uh, uh, huge bases on the ground, and they move all these uh, intercontinental missiles on the ground, and they camouflage those camps, and they put helicopters and, and uh, lander uh, uh, fields or whatever. They, they camouflage all this stuff, and but the intelligence community no, because I send pictures to after the fact, and nothing ever done. This, this is what I tell people. This is not a conspiracy theory. This is not a uh, may believe. This is this is a fact. And every time we're going to publish a book, we're going to put in those books documentation, pictures that show that what we're talking about is facts. It's not fiction or conspiracy theory. And what I just say, all we have to do is just Google. What what Cuba what involvement Cuba have all over the world? What military involvement? Who is the ones we catch in Granada where we go and send the Navy forces over there to clean Granada? It's a Cuban soldiers. We should make a scandal in that time and and prepare a coalition like we did with Iran, Iraq, excuse me, and get a right to Castro. Castro uh, for many years, supply his economy in Cuba, making an alliance with the international communist parties and, and Escobar in Colombia. And Castro served as a mule transporting every single coke it's producing in Colombia around the world with the immunity their planes and ships have that nobody can search those ships. And Noriega is the, what we call the kingpin in between both and that connection. That is why we turn down Noriega, we bring it down here, we try to expose Noriega, but we never touch Castro. I know personally the general and the, and the whole team they have in, in Panama in charge of this operation. And what we blow the cover, and we expose what they're doing, I penetrate myself the, the Cuban embassy with a female companion, and we take pictures of we recording all this stuff, okay? They even flew me to Colombia, and I meet personally to uh, Escobar. And what we expose, you know, say what the Cuban government did. Because 
they're going to go to the United Nations and expose all the stuff, and they're hoping that this time they can do something against Castro. Well, Castro told the guys, the whole team in Panama, guys, come over here, don't worry, the gringos cannot touch you here. This is immunity song. And he bring the generals and the lieutenants and the captains and everybody in charge of that operation. And after they arrived to Cuba, they put her in, the, in a trial, what they call him people's court. They put her in, the, in, the, in a trial where the defender is a soldier or military, the prosecutor is a, a military, and the judge is a military. Wow. You know the end. You know the end. Everybody in the dead. They put everyone with a section of fuel in the fighter squad. Oh and God. if I can interject here, Doc, this was a televised trial. I've seen the footage from Italian TV because they carried the, broad, the, the signal from Cuban national television. And not only was the trial televised, but the same jolly newscast, they're showing Cuban troops returning from Angola. Again, Cuban troops somewhere else in the world outside of Cuba. I remember the Cuban troops extensively in Angola. Um, when I was a kid growing up, we always heard about Cuban troops in Angola. But that was just the tip of the iceberg. You're saying they're all over the world. They're all over the world. All over. Okay. I, I'm going to give you another tip. Because this is all interesting to the today's uh, success yesterday. And all these acts, uh, the violence we have in this country, even the, even the forest fighters we have in California and all over the country, they're not casual. They had the hand to the three continental behind all that stuff to create the rest and to stabilize the public institutions and bring down the democratic system. I'm going to give you another example, and I invite you out again to check, please. Before they even put it in the news, okay, my team and my people called the president to Panama because we got knowledge. They have a shipment coming from Russia and a ship to Cuba. And in Cuba, they prepare the ship in a secret compartment under the ship making metal uh, containers and all the stuff under the ship. And they put mix, they put uh, long-range missiles, they put all kinds of stuff, even nuclear weapons, nuclear heads. Okay? And in in the North Korea ship, listen to this, we call, because our people know exactly what this is. It's like somebody calls and say, Fred half in the back tire, in the spare tire, he have uh, whatever. He listed it to, 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 uh, to whatever you're doing, you know. Let's say a contraband, whatever it is. Okay, but nobody knows you carry that in the spare tire. Okay. Now, we know exactly what all that stuff is. Even mix from the Soviet Union in, in the sample. That's what they had to do 
what they reach North Korea is ensemble and have those myths like uh, like an F-105 or, or those big sophisticated uh, uh, planes and engines, uh, spare engines and all the stuff. Anyway, we call the president of Panama and we tell him this is exactly the location where that ship and he will arrive Panama in this particular time. The president of Panama, we get the contact in there, get in the phone, call his uh, intelligence, call his army, and he go to the to the canal. When the ship coming in, the first thing they do is to stop the ship, and they tell the the, the 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 crew get out of the, sh- the ship. We're going to inspect the ship. The captain get very upset. He put the gun and he want to blow his brain. They arrest the captain. The crew is going to put the guns. They arrest the crew, and they go under the. I believe it's a 250,000 sack of sugar they put mm-hmm. on top to that container. Okay? The crew broke the winches, so they had to do it un- unloaded by hand. What they demand to the captain to unload the ship, he say, no, we can't because the windshield is broken. And the president is already prepared. He say, we got a, a team, the uh, good uh, Navy men here, they're going to unload it by hand. And this is what the captain say. No, you cannot do that, and he reveal and and he tried to put the gun and all the stuff. Well, anyway, all these you never hear probably. Okay, they go and load all this sugar, two hundred and fifty thousand sacks with the two hundred and fifty pounds or kilos or whatever. Okay, it take a long time to unload the ship. Then they got to bring a welding team in order to unweld that seal. Door they put they planted in, in in the bottom. They 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 unwelding that steel door. They take it out. La, they find all that stuff there. Then they put it in the news for a few days or whatever. They said disappeared the whole thing. And that is in a violation to the treaty to the nuclear weapon proliferation, especially with North Korea. That just happened not even a year ago, Ted? It might have been a couple. I can't remember, but it was recently. It was very recent. And I invite anybody, but go to our website, www.spymasterspy, and we got it right there. The pictures, we got everything. You know, the whole story. You can click and you go to the, to the regular news, Media and you will see all the how it involved the whole thing. But because they got it in mind already in that time to reestablish relations with Cuba and to try to get Cuba out of the terrorist list and all that stuff, everything as a conspiracy died and they never exposed that. If it, if it died is something else in any other country in the world, you got that in, in 200 magazines and newspapers around the world. They, they asphyxiate the whole thing. They suffocate the whole news. And this has been going on for 50 years. I, uh, once, once my father told me, if you're patient enough and you open a faucet and talk to a rock, with a little drop of water, just a drop, 
every few seconds. And you sit, go someplace for years or whatever and come back, you will see that drop of water make a hole to that strong rock and eventually going to perforate all the way down. The comparison I try to make is this country is a beautiful country and we have to kiss this ground every day we wake up. But you don't have, you don't have, in, like, like in anywhere in the world, the, the, the freedom and, and the rights, you know, any human being can deserve and want. But even this country with this structure and all these morals and all these great things, a little drop of water for 50 years can perforate it to one side to the other. Wow. And it's something to think about. It. That is why we actually so passionately want to expose and put this in, in even in comic books because we want to reach the little kids to wake up people, to wake up those new generations and to tell them, don't be an usable fool because eventually you will regret it the rest of your life. Like my father and me and many people, he regret it. And it's nothing beautiful, believe me, in the other side to that wall. We're not perfect. And we got a lot of things to, we have to fix. But a lot of people bleed. And a lot of people die for the freedom we have today. If we not defend it, if we not stand up for the new and, 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 and later generations, they will blame us, and we will look in their eyes like a cowlist. Yep. And we sit down, and we don't do nothing. We see a coming, and we don't do nothing. But let's come back, if you want to, and what you got in any other question. Yeah, Dr. Marlon, yep. take us back to the, the act or the process that Castro went through to take the guns away. Uh, did, did people willingly just lay down their guns and, and walk away? And Oh, no. How was that all done? They executed many people because people, when they realized they started to pass some laws, then you can only have, uh, let's say, 10 bullocks. They start with 50 bullocks, then they load down to 20, and then down to 10. In other words, you got a gun for you, you don't have bullocks, you cannot shoot the gun. And the people realize that people, because people are not stupid, and they start buying a lot of books, and they start to go to the jungles and say, hell with this end. They go to grab my gun by the barrel. Those people, they hunt like animals, and they kill some, many of them, and some others, they put them in the fighter squad as a enemies to the, to the state. Oh, my God. The others... The others, they follow the rules, eventually, hoping they're not going to lose their gun. The guns get more restricted. The guns lose. More restricted, more restricted to the point. If they catch you, where it's just a little handful of books in your pocket, and you don't have a justification, you don't work for the government, you're not in the intelligence, you're not in something that belong to the government, you get 30 years in jail. 
30 years in jail. 20, 30, even 50 years. And and Lockies and others, you know, get the fire squad because they accuse it today being going to be helping the rebels against the government, and they put her in the, in, in the fire squad and executed. Hundreds of thousands of young kids and families die in that island. And that is the same island where the Pope, a wonderful religious leader in the world, go and sit down with those people and have a meal with them. That is, that is the kind of the things in politics and religion sometimes you don't understand. When you came on our call a couple of weeks ago, Pope Francis was visiting, beginning his visit to Cuba. How ironic, huh? How ironic. And actually, I sent a letter to the Vatican because I was hoping he will be back to the Vatican eventually. And I expressed my feelings openly to him. You guys will see it probably by, the, by tomorrow, next day, we will post it on our website, www.spymasterspy.com. That, that letter is an extraordinary letter because actually I not, uh, as always, you know, I never uh, offend anybody. I never uh, disrespect anybody, but I tell in the truth. If they cannot live with that, especially him, what is they're supposed to follow to the Bible, and the, in the Bible say very clear, the truth send you free, uh-huh. then he will have an indigestion. But I tell you the way it is, and what I feel and what the Cuban people feel, because I represent many of those Cuban people. Unfortunately, they are in jails, and they are suffering, and they've been losing their mothers, their sons, their, their, their fathers, you know, executed in those fighter squads in Cuba. And I, I had to express myself or I blow up. But uh, I don't expect too much, but uh, maybe I reach to his conscience. Wow. Dr. Marmel, the largest yes, Cuban community is in Miami. Are they... Uh, they have to be up up on. Uh, uh, I mean, the the. Uh, or has that community been infiltrated and and co-opted as well? The American Cuban community. No, they are. Every every Cuban has a story. Every Cuban suffering their blood and the and the flesh and the uh, in in their spirit and everywhere. Uh, and was is uh, planted by Castro in Miami, but he got plenty to inform today what is going on. Uh, every Cuban is a, 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 a very strong testimony to what I'm telling you right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you know, but in the beginning of the revolution, what they start to talking about Marxist Lenin's uh, ideological uh, role, role for the government, 
the Cuban mothers and fathers, families in Cuba, gathering all the kids, and they want to send it out like the Jewish and German Nazi out of the country. They rather to don't see the kids ever again to the communist get it then. Eight, nine, ten years old. Uh, actually, and I'm very proud to see that because that is one of the operations the CIA did with the Catholic Church. They managed to put out a queue of 14,000. Yeah, a little over 14,000. Yeah, a little over 14,000. Wait, wait, wait. What? Who pulled out who, Ted? Uh, what, what happened again? It was a joint operation between the CIA and the Catholic Church called uh, the Operation Peter Pan or Pedro Pan. Okay. Um, and they pulled uh, a little over 14,000 children out of Cuba and repatriated them to usually the United States but other countries as well uh, to avoid them from getting uh, indoctrinated with communist ideology. And when was this? Early 60s. Oh, my God. Wow. Like 1961, somewhere in there. Some of those kids never see the father and the mother again. I even, some of those kids, Dr. Marble, some of those... Go ahead. Dr. Marble and I even know one of the Peter Pan children. No, I know, I know several. Yeah. You know? Wow. Some of those people is the ones you just asked me about Miami. They're successful businessmen. They are. They got a great life. They they educate here in the United States, and they follow the rules, and they have a decent and 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 good life. Thanks to the mom and the dad, they sacrifice and send them ahead. So the Catholic Church was was almost like a underground railroad in, in effect. It was a in that particular time is what I I mentioned this in my letter to the Pope. That is what is important to have the right leaders. Mm-hmm. In that particular time, the leaders in the in the Vatican and the Catholic Church do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Not always the leaders do the right thing. And and actually defending those kids is going to be lost. They probably going to be ended in 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 five five years ahead or or, or ten years ahead in, in in dying in Congo or in in Panama or some place fighting in those jungle for the for the for the autistic uh, idea to Fidel Castro to uh, dominate the war. In other words, since God. The Catholic Church allowed the Central Intelligence to be the cover, and they help in the cover operation. Wow, that's a fantastic story! Wow. Let me let me tell you, this is going to be in one of the movies. This is going to, this is actually in one of the the, the books. This is you know, it's so many things people don't know. There's so many things people completely ignored. They, I tell you, you know, my friends, we got six books we will release soon. And we're only touching 1959 to 1963. 
Now imagine it the next 40 or 50 years. Oh, my God. And I practically being involved almost in everything. If you're not, because I, you cannot say you're involved in everything, but it's a lot what I've been involved. Mm-hmm. Because I am a member to the clandestine intelligent community, and I move around the world mm-hmm. trying to stop these people. Because everywhere they go, they all what they do is promise people they're going to be uh, the next kings. They're going to be having uh, milk in the in the kitchen for free in a faucet, and all the kind of the utopical dreams. And then when they get the power, they destroy completely the country, mm-hmm. like a parasite. And then they move to another country. And they move another country. This is what they want. They want misery for everybody. Because actually, they sucking the, the blood to, to every single worker and professional. Because you're a doctor in Cuba. Do you imagine you, you a doctor? You're not going to believe. You're going to laugh what I tell you this. You make maybe 50 pesos every two weeks. That's it? It's a doctor. Yeah. Wow. And on top of that, with those pesos, you cannot buy nothing because the whole society is stopped to produce and it's nothing to buy anywhere. Uh-huh. Then, and worse, you, you steal or you do something illegal or whatever, you cannot even feed yourself unless your family. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that is what you want for for your system and your country. But Dr. Marmo, uh, uh, we're again. It, I feel like we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. But uh, uh, and before we get get back on track, uh, didn't the fall of the wall in Eastern Europe, uh, or was that planned? Was that orchestrated? <laughs> Because uh, I mean, <laughs> that is the that is in the book, the mm-hmm. Cuban Lightning, the Zipper. The Zipper is actually the name to the operation. What we actually use currency to collapse the economy of the Soviet Union and blow up the Berlin Wall. Okay, we can't go there tonight. That's going to be a, a no. That is where, that is a lot of, a lot of a hit. Okay, okay. That is uh, in 1988, we have, we 1989. Have take, we have to take baby steps here. Let's go back. Uh, okay, the the, the uncle uh, made the call, and you were then indoctrinated or trained uh, in in a secretive process into the intelligence. Uh, world, uh, a global intelligence network that was fighting these forces, especially the force in Cuba that had taken over through the revolution. Now, you were just 12, 13, 14 when when your uncle made this call, and for the next 10 plus years, uh, you uh, were operating uh, 
under the radar. Uh, I mean, that had to be fantastic, knowing that, my God, you were close to the center of power. You were embedded inside the Castro regime in a very powerful way. Not only, not only that, Fred. Watching how they planning the assassinations to political leaders and religious leaders around the world, and one of these is JFK. It's another book, JFK and Robin Ima. That is not published yet. That is in the end of the nineteen sixty three. Yeah, we know there's a Cuban, Cuban connection to Oswald, and, and it, uh, none of us believe it was just simply Oswald. You're not even, you don't even have an idea. <laughs> because because I, don't, I hear all the conspiracy theories about, theories about Kennedy, and every single one not even touch the reality. It's true what they say, reality a lot more stranger than fiction. Yeah. Well, because, because, believe me, my friend, when you read that, you're going to say, oh, my God. Okay. Because what I, you see, when you see things somebody create or somebody have fiction and fictionized or whatever, the things, don't, don't, don't fix, don't, they don't, it's in some way around the line, is something don't don't welding properly enough. But what the true what the true you don't have to do nothing. You drop the true in the floor and the true crowding around and they see the each piece together and they grew they grew each other. Because it's a true. It's it's simple. And that is the case with JFK. And let me tell you something. They tried several times to assassinate the uh, different popes. Really? And they, they, yes, and they fell until the one they did. I think they assassinated that, that gentleman in 1978, Pope John Paul I. Uh, they had to have killed him. Uh, he was a great guy. Who? Cool. Uh, pope John Paul I. In 19, he only, only was in office 33 days. And he was, while, you re, while you read my books, my friend, you will see. You, we saved the life in John Paul II. I even have letters from him and all kinds of stuff, you know, documentation. Oh, John but, Paul II. Saved the life yes. of John Paul II. Oh, wow. Yes. Jeez. But they tried to kill it, too. Because to the end, any religious leader or any political uh, figure represent uh, a threat. And if they kill it, no matter what they substitute with somebody else, that is give you, in their mind, a dissolution and instability to the rest of the population. Got it. Okay. But, and then that creates an animosity, that creates a, a very disappointing people. They don't believe in the government. They believe everything yeah. is a conspiracy. And that is what we have today. How many conspiracies we got about everything that happened? Then when you come in with the truth, nobody believe you because so many conspiracies. That's what I tell these guys. We have to put the, They say, you cannot put everything. I say, no, I don't intend to put everything. But I, we have to put at least some of the documentation 
show to people that what we say you have ninety percent of the chances to be true. And if you show that to people, it will be very hard to deny what we're showing to them. Uh-huh. But you know, it, it's it's the way they work. Is they are master Machiavellians, and to discern and and destroy the truth and to uh, fictionalize things to bring the attention to something else. We call it decoy. Uh-huh. Of course, we did, we do that too in the intelligence. We try to decoy the truth sometimes because we want to diverse the attention. We did that with the zipper and with Oliver North. Oliver North get all this travel and all this stuff. They can't stop that, but they let it go to the news and everything because they want to distract. And we make billions of dollars in the World House in Orange County, you know, with the paper, the the magnetic ink, the plates for the Treasury Department. Okay. Uh, let's come back. Let's come back in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just, I'm just trying to put put myself in the shoes of the average listener here, Doctor, and I don't want to presume that I am connecting all of the dots because the big picture that you possess in light of all of these experiences that you've lived, um, it's, we'll be lucky to get on this call, you know, just sort of extract it. We can just kind of connect the dots from the first installment to the second installment. Take us over that bridge again. Your uncle made the call. How did the training take place over what period of time did this, uh, did this happen? Did you have to meet in secret? Uh, I mean, there was no cell phones back in those days. There was no internet, and I mean, my God, just to just to think of the the level of trust that you had to have with these people, who who had tapped you on the shoulder and 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 um, brought you into this network at that that risk of exposure, and, and to and to be so young while this is all happening, it, it's just it's amazing. I. I that you're still alive. I mean, I know 56 attempts on your life or 57 attempts notwithstanding. I mean, just to start this process as a young young individual, uh, uh, again, we mentioned this in the first call. You had to be called and felt by providence. Something was directing you, calling you to do this for you to take this path. Uh, from, uh, out of well, your heart, out of your mind, out of your soul. You had to know you were being protected in some way. Well, I feel, if you have to be honest with you and with the audience, uh, from the beginning, I, I'm so pissed and I'm so uh, disappointed and and I so uh, feel betrayed. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I, I really forget a gun, my gun, when I got a pistol, and put it in the head to a uh, pilot in the airport and, and leave Cuba. That is how I so upset and so pissed. Oh my God. Few, few, few of my friends, I put it together and I say, let's 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 take a plane and we out of here. Yeah. And we actually we actually find out in our research because we say, well, we can take a plane and we can sell it in there and at least we can start a life in there or whatever. And yeah. we find out in that time, in that time, 
This is how tricky the intelligence and the politics are. United States and Cuba have a treat, a secret treat. A secret whatever treat. Plane, secret, secret treat. Yeah, a secret treat. They, yeah. If, he, if he, anybody take a plane from the United States to Cuba, Cuba government has to return it to the United States. And see, anybody take a plane from Cuba to United States, uh, United States has to return it to Cuba. You know how that happened? Uh, this is a, this is a wor wor the worst a little time. It's not only not too long, and I'm going to tell you how the Cuban intelligence so clever manipulate this. Wow! They, they every time they got a spy here, in the in the hot uh, waters, they tell it a steal a plane and fly it to Cuba. It's only 90 yeah. miles. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember how many planes have been hijacked at that time to Cuba. Okay. Almost every week, as a plane hijacked to Cuba. Wow. They, they start that train and creating that fuss to force United States administration at that time to that treat it. You will take a plane and you return it, or we're going to take more new planes and we're not going to return it. Mm. Then they force the United States in that treat to that particular agreement. Then, because I inside to the government and I know all these things, I know if we take a plane, we we have to give it to the uh, authorities in the United States. We cannot sell it. We cannot profit with it. Mm -hmm. yeah. what we say, guys, the only thing we can do is take the plane to put ourselves in safe. But we cannot sell it because this is a, the rule. And they say, unbelievable, the United States... Still, with all these confrontations and all these problems, make a deal, this, this kind of deal behind people's back to return the place and all the stuff. But yes, the, the Cuban intelligence managed to do that. But anyway, at that moment, I too so upset and so distressed that I willing to do anything to leave Cuba. I don't want to be part of that anymore. Every time I put that uniform, the military uniform, and my gun, and I feel so filthy, and I feel so bad, I just want to vomit. And then that is what it made me to go to my uncle. What I get my training, and I, you know, I, I, before I get my training, what I talk to my uncle, and he tell me, listen, you're going to be very valuable for us. And they tell me, him and the general, we call it the general, and that time it's not even general, it's an only commanders. But that is his code name. Uh, they they tell me, you know, you can lose your life. They 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 find out you're doing this, they won't put you in the fire squad no matter what. I, you are 12 years old. It don't make any difference. And I say, I don't care. I will do it. I want to bring freedom to my country. And they actually both very proud of me and and uh, hack me and I say we will put you in training right now. Not even six months, because it's less than six months. I take the training so well, they tell me, you know, you're a master. But they don't even let me know they're going to test me. Where was the training conducted, Dr. Marmo? In, in secret places, you know. Okay, got it. Secret places, you know, different places, you know. Uh, remember, my, I want to make this clear. Okay. My main 
trust is my uncle. Mm-hmm. My uncle loved me. Mm-hmm. You know, my uncle is my, you know, he being, you know, the only red hair because I got a reddish hair, uh, what I born, and blue eyes in my family. And, and I look identical like my great-grandfather, his, his grandfather. The Patriot, you know, he freed Cuba from the slaves. The, he's a slaves and, and fight the Spanish colonial or whatever. And because wow. I resemble his grandfather, and they so proud of the, the Patriot, Donato del Marmol, my uncle always coming with gifts and, and really, really favor me to all my brothers and the rest of the family and everything. I trust my uncle blind, completely blind. Mm-hmm. I don't trust the other guy the same way, but because my uncle yeah. is involved with him, yeah. I trust it too. Then my main, my main tranquility, let's say like that, mm-hmm. is my uncle say, be my blood, not going to betray me and be my uncle. The way he showed me love all this time. Wow. And I go through the training, and he is very proud, but he never tell me they're going to test me before they send me to the field, before they send me to do anything. So, okay, the, the, what he's referring to is a, is a test that you were not necessarily aware of. So, so you were putting. No, 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 no. Let me tell you. Okay. They come in the middle of nowhere in the lonely road. And they kidnap me. And they bring me to an underground building and they put me to hell. Oh, they, oh my God. Oh. They even they even grab me, tie me by the by the feet and dump me in a fifty five gallon uh tank full of human feces and urine. They do things to me that you not even imagine. I'm not going to describe it now. Oh yeah, don't don't. Wow. You will see you will see that in the movies and in the books and everything. You want to read it later on. But they put me through and they even put a guy by me. What the guy pretended to be in my in the same situation I am, tried to get information from me to see if I telling anything. Mm-hmm. And they took, they took the guy to a table, and right in front of my eyes, they started to cut his fingers. And I saw the fingers cutting in the, in the metal table with the guillotine and flipping it over the other side of the table. I'm not going to tell you now, but that freaked me out. And they go to cut his wiggly. And all these things go in front of me. And I not break. I still, I still, I say, my God, you know, how I not break? Yeah. And that, that give you to them the assurance that I will never break. And then in the end to the whole thing, you know, they, they show me there's not really the fingers what they're cutting and all that stuff. And... They all congratulate me and all the stuff, and that is my initiation as an spy. Wow. wow. But let me tell you, you know, I I lost my childhood. Mm-hmm. 
you know, with 12 years old. I yep. I completely lost my childhood, and I I just came into being an old man because I every time I go into the street and I watch somebody and I see somebody, whatever they tell me, I don't believe in nothing anybody tell me. Mm-hmm. I analyze everything. I come back home. Before I give you an answer to somebody, I tell I come back to you later. And thank God to that training, I survived for 10 years, 11 years. And the unbelievable thing you cannot even imagine is what I go through in between all these generals and all these uh, army uh, headquarters and ministers. Uh, and remember, in all these, because I a commander in the beginning, and I bring in all these guys, big hunches in the armies and the Navy and the intelligence to my house. Mm-hmm. My two sister, one of them married with the intelligent guy in in the uh, in the in the town where I live. Mm-hmm. The guy is in undercover, in charge of the intelligence for Castro. Mm-hmm. And the other guy is the guy in charge of the missile launching troops. Now, imagine I just floating around with those guys inside mm-hmm. to my family. And I floating around to all these places where I got to go and see what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because I, you know, they trust me completely because I around Fidel. You know, when I come back to town all the time, they they put me in a pedestal. Mm-hmm. And by fluke, by fluke, when I running out of the regiment with the Che portfolio, remember we talking about the other day? Mm-hmm. Remember I stole Che Guevara portfolio, he bring it for the Soviet Union, and I got all these documents, his batch and everything. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Yep. Well, it, what I'm running in the in the regiment, try to find cover, I find an underground facility where the government taking the young kids they executed in the first squad and they bring it down there like you bring a cow to a, a, a butcher to take the heart, the livers, and all the organs to sell it to China and other countries. Oh, my God. We got pictures. We got everything. They are still doing that today. Now, now Dr. Castro initiated taking the guns, took property, took plantations, took houses, took... uh, Anything of valuable, I mean, it wasn't just the guns. Across the board, you witnessed the confiscation of property, of private property. He, he started with the guns because that way people cannot rebuild. You cannot rebuild, so you don't have nothing to, to fight with. Mm-hmm. And then after the gun, they go for the big, big industries. Mm-hmm. You know, like the telephone company, electrical company, big corporations. And everybody applaud, most of the people, not everybody, most of the people applaud because, you know, what the hell, you know, they, have, they get too much money anyway, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Okay? Now, what they get in control to the electrical company, to the telephone company, to all these big industries, the Bacardi, the, all these big industries, then they go to the metal business, the warehouse, the, the building owners like Donald Trump, mm-hmm. the people got too much real estate. And then they make it what they call in the urban reform. They take all the properties around those people and they say they're going to give you rent free to people. But it coming to be BS later on, they have to pay the rent they pay him before, they say to Donald Trump, now they have to pay it to the government. But they took all the buildings and all the properties and everything. Then after that, they go back and say, well, no one should be sell the house because the properties all belong to the government. If you want to sell a property, you have to have the permission to the government, and the government has to authorize that transaction, uh-huh. and the government get a percentage of that transaction or whatever. In other words, the government coming to be the owner to everything. Uh-huh. A property, cars, anything. Even a bicycle. You don't own it anymore. It belongs to the government. And, and in order to sell it to somebody else, you have to have to have a special permission to the government to sell it to somebody else. And you have to pay some fees to the government or whatever. Now, they cash you with something, those properties, they, and you don't have the permission from the government, they put you in jail for 10 years or 15 years or whatever. Because they call you an speculator. You are okay. a, miss, a, a miss to society. People don't have an idea that what the communists and Marxists are. If the people realize it, they never, never embrace that ideological idea. That is the reason they change from socialist to Marxist, from Marxist to progressive, to progressive to whatever. I don't know what name they're going to come in a little while. They're changing every decade, you know, the name. Yep. Used to be Marxist Lenin. Then he coming to be communist. Then going to be socialist. Yeah. Well, they changing because the people every ten years or fifteen years they new generation forget. They don't know. And if we don't bother to teach them, they catch them like a suckers. Uh-huh. But let's come back to let's come back to that time in the in the in the spy business in Cuba. Okay. I did so many things, and the intelligence community gave me several uh, ways to defend myself. And one of the things they give me is a ring, mm-hmm. but it got the most powerful poison. You can touch somebody with that ring, and it's in, unconscious in, in 10 seconds. And... Uh, and it's dead in probably 20 seconds if you don't inject it with, a, with a, an antidote. Uh-huh. And that is, they told me all the time, you don't shoot somebody, you, somebody tread you to the point they're going to blow your cover or whatever, you inject it with this in a casual touch, uh-huh. 
And when you see it in the floor, so you want to, you don't think it's going to compromise you or whatever, you can inject it with the antidote. See, you don't, you walk away and leave it there. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. And the stuff like that, they, it, it, you know, it's unbelievable. You know, when you read the stuff, with, you know, what I go through, uh, some people tell me, no, you, it, it, this is kind of bad for, for real. Uh, it's, it's extraordinary that the we are still alive. We have to sense Jesus Christ. Uh, is your uncle still alive? Excuse me? Is your uncle uh, still alive? No, no, it's not. He passed away. Okay, yeah, and yeah, of course your father passed away as well. Yes. Uh, I tell you, and, and so this 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 training which you described, you had a ten plus year period after the training took place when you were operating undercover in Cuba, close to the centers of power, and. You won't don't go into it tonight because we'll have to have you back on to describe uh, the ne- the next step. But your cover was eventually blown. You had to escape. Uh, that is ten years later. Yeah, but prior to your escape, you had you had a son. You got married and you had a son, correct? Yeah, I believe. When I left Cuba, yep. uh, my son. It's only three years old. Only three years old. Oh my god. Only three years old. Oh oh doctor. Oh man. Oh no, let me tell you. Let me tell oh. you. You don't even know. You don't even know. Oh gosh. You never saw him again? Never saw him. Well I saw it from the distance, but I never I never dared to get too close to him because I don't want to put his life in in danger. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Wow. But I saw it for the across the streets, and because yeah. I I go to Cuba, people say you must be kidding. I say probably in the past twenty or forty years, probably thousands of times. After I left Cuba in nineteen seventy-one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I I did things in Cuba you don't even imagine it. Wait, you, you, you actually actually visited Cuba? Excuse me? You would visit Cuba after you left? <laughs> Todd, go ahead and, and, and interject here and tell it. I'm not just a tourist in Cuba. I just, and in many multiple ways. He has 18 different passports with different identities. He travels freely however he wants to, and uh, there's one time a few years ago he gave an interview where he told how the, the missiles never left Cuba; they're still a nuclear nation. And yeah. some we, we had inquiries from other media outlets saying, "Do you have, can you give us proof of this?" And he said, "Give me 72 hours." <clears throat> 48 hours later, I, I get a call from him saying, "Cat, come on over. I want to show you something." He pulls out an envelope with the steel of the Cuban military on it. And a stack of, of uh, photographs of missile trucks, even a picture of him in a, a Cuban soldier's uniform leaning against uh, a, a, a service air missile truck. 
uh, ICBMs, the whole nine yards. He just took a quick trip into Cuba and got some current photographs uh, in, in and out. So he, oh, he, my God. There's a reason he's called the lightning. <laughs> I I I've been trained I've been trained to be a master of disguise. Wow. And I can I can if you give me a fifteen minute or twenty minute, get inside to a bathroom or or anywhere and when I come in out you don't know who I who who, who is crossing you by. Oh my God! I, in one occasion, I visited my brother because I wanted to make sure all the time, and I go and see people I know before I do the crazy things I do. And my brother say, "Who the hell are you? You know, I never see you in your life. I say, and your family? He said, you, you're not. I never see you. I go to almost he, he, he dropped the door in my in my face." <laughs> and I laugh and I say, "And you are you brother Julio Antonio?" He said, "What?" And I change my voice, and he say, "Oh my God! What 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 the hell? What the is hell you doing now?" You're in Cuba and you're you're with your brother again. Oh my gosh! Excuse me. So Hello. As a matter. As, go ahead. I just want to just want to interject too. As a matter of fact, if you want to see a dramatization of uh, one of his techniques in getting into Cuba, uh, if you go to our website of spymasterspy.com, you'll see a 23-minute concept video there. You click on that, you watch it, and at one point we have him going into Cuba to deliver some information, pick up some more information, and get back out. And there's a, a representation of a lot of the actual techniques he would employ on an operation such as that. So you can also see a little bit of a video on that on the website. Oh, man. Okay. Also, we got in an assassination uh, clip uh, with a uh, trailer where you can see me dressing like a South Arabian. Yes. You probably not gonna do this. No, it's me. See, you know me, because that 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 actually has been done before the nine eleven. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Doctor, would it be possible? Would you be Would you be willing to take um, a a question or a couple of comments from our listeners? So we're gonna absolutely, absolutely. I will be delighted. We're going to be closing off the call in about 15 minutes. Anybody out there, star six your phone to pose a comment or question for Dr. Marmel. Just star six your phone. Um, I believe we have people also listening on TalkShoe. Uh, feel free. And I think Steve and Dee behind the scenes will open up the line. Go ahead. Anybody? Is your life still in danger? Uh, uh, is that Dave? Uh, yes. He asked a question, uh, Dr. Marmel. It, go ahead, repeat it, Dave. Is your life still in danger? Is your life still in danger? Well, uh, in 2007, that is a good question. How are you doing, David? Um, that is a very good question. Actually, uh, they tried to put me down 56 times. As you know, you hear the show, the preview show. If you're not, I wanted to let you know that. 
Uh, they put, they do, they try to kill me in so many different ways. The castle get jealous because he say, I actually have more attempt in my life than what he have, and he got a little jealous of that. Uh, you know, in a joking way, my friend is telling me, you know, Castro is jealous of you because they keep him fail. They either idiots or, or, or you too, too fast and too good for them. But anyway, in 2007, my people, in the last thing they do, uh, you, you can see the, the real footage. They put a bomb in my car out of the country in Mexico, and they almost blow me up in pieces. And... When I cross the border back here, my friends suggest to get a video cameraman, go on and, and shot the, the shot in the car and, and re-announcement, the whole idea of what happened. That way, we can put it in the public and show to people what they tried to do for, to me for almost 50 years. Because I go to the universities and college around the world, and I tell people exactly what I've been telling you guys tonight. And we we did that. That is how everything starts. You know, I only got in that time a, a book out, uh, Cuba, Russia, Letter of America, and uh, since they killed my son, I you know I don't proceed to uh, publish any more books. Uh, because I got family in Cuba still. But that video, believe it or not, we put in YouTube, it stopped every single attempt from there on in 2007. In other words, it's been seven years not uh, obvious attempt to commit against my life. Of course, i not completely... Uh, walking in the street, assuming the next cannot be tomorrow or the next minute. That is the reason I protect myself. I got people protecting me. And everywhere I go, I make sure that the, uh, we got clearance to the area and everything before we arrive to that place. We actually recently meet with uh, Dr. Ben Carson, and we made sure almost a week in advance to have people in the hotel and everything, they, they, nothing is will be happening there. But um, you will see that little pictures we got in there on the website and www spy master spy. But uh, so far, evidently that work. Uh, they don't want me. now. We got three different books in the market. Now we we got six more going to be published, and we exposing a lot of stuff. Believe me, you know, uh, I don't know what is going to happen. I might can be there tomorrow. But uh, believe me, I'm not going to stop this. Somebody else continued what I start, and somebody going to expose the truth eventually. But uh, do, do you still go back to Cuba? I, I used to go many times in, in missions and, and accomplish a lot and prevent to Things happen around the world. Not lately that much because we dedicating, uh, my friends and I, uh, dedicating to spread the, uh, to the world all the information and all the stuff I have. But because they say, thanks God, you are alive. You can be a great testimony to all these things, even the assassination to leaders and around the world. 
and uh, they don't want me to uh, get involved in that kind of activities any longer. But uh, until not too long ago, I just I just got over there and and I know all these things is what Obama is going to do. I know it before it even happened because my connections in there, and I know the whole uh, referee in all these relations between Cuba and the United States being the Pope. And they got secret meetings in Canada and all the stuff. And that is why I've been so disappointed. But, as I said in the beginning of the program, we cannot hate a country. We hate the administration, or we not like the administration is in the power at that time. But a country, we should protected and we should be proud and be part of this country. Uh, is it is it safe now for Americans to go to Cuba in a private uh, vessel? I don't think so. You know, I want to tell you why. Why are you going to visit the German Nazis where the Nazis are still in power? Where you can go to any part in the Europe and you will be free and be more uh, prone to, to be helped if you got any problems. The Cuban government is, as I said in one of my letters to Obama, it's not changing. It's just get older. And the devil no more, not because it's a devil, it's because it's older. That is why they're pulling all these games now. Because they practically are starving now. They don't have no, no way to succeed anymore. They didn't need that blood transfusion for the United States. But believe me, in my heart, to you and to any American, what the hell you have to do in a country with anything happen? Let's say Putin put tomorrow troops in there and we start a war or whatever in between the United States and Russia, whatever happened in the war, and you want to be a stranger in there. Because Cuba don't have international treaties to protect anybody. Cuba is not cast as being doing contrabands around the world, violating every single rule exists. What are you going to go to Cuba where you can go to Costa Rica, you can go to Santo Domingo, you can go to any other place? I'm not saying you're going to be completely safe anywhere you go, but at least. You don't take it the chance to get caught in, in a situation like that. It's trained in the middle of nowhere. They can accuse you for whatever reason that you being a CIA agent or whatever like they do to many people, and they put it in the fire squad. Just because you're an American. Are, are the missiles there still a threat to the United States? <laughs> Cuba is, the, is like Iran. Cuba one the destruction through this to this country, Israel and any democratic country around the world. Why? Because they feel that if they don't destroy the, the capitalists, they don't cut like they thousands of times they say cut the head in the serpent. They never will be prevail. In other words, why? Because Obama said we're going to start a relation with you guys, and they, they're going to start to, like a prostitute, excuse my language, okay? 
Why are you going to trust somebody as being screaming out of their lungs they want to destroy this country? That's my question. Common sense only. You know, I tell people, you can go over there. They want your dollar. They love your dollar. They maybe, you don't have no problem. They, you go, go on back and no problem. But what about it if something happens? What about it if they accuse you or whatever? Who you're going to call? Because they don't care about anyone. They don't, they don't, they don't have a law institutions. They don't have attorneys in there. They got the, the only attorneys in Cuba, the same guys prosecute you and, and put you in jail and put you in the, in the fighter squad. Millions of people, millions of young people losing their life in the, in the, in the political prisons and, and in, in the Cuban uh, executed uh, fighter squads. And with the human rights going to Cuba to make sure the Cuban government not abusing the human rights, they move these people out of the prisons and they put them in concentration camps for a week or two, and they put buffet tables in the prisons, and they put it, they put the, the prisoners there, they are, are, are going along with them, and then when the human rights leave, they bring back all these people and, and keep them torching them and doing all kinds of stuff. These are the kind of people you're going to trust to go to that country and, and spend your money there? It's up to you. Uh-huh. My recommendation, until Cuba government don't collapse or they reestablish a normal institutions where they protect the human rights and the people's rights, I don't advise anyone to visit Cuba because you can be a very innocent victim in whatever they want to pull off. Uh-huh. Thank you. Uh, You're welcome. Anybody else? Comment or question for Dr. Marmel? Hello? Yep. Go ahead, sir. <laughs> we got some reverb, some bad. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a sir. <laughs> it sounded like yeah. a planet flushing. <laughs> uh, okay, sorry about that. <coughs> Anybody else? Start to your phone. Go ahead. I'd like to ask Dr. Marmel something, Fred. Um, this this is Davey speaking from AUN. When you were finally in America, there were friends here that that you connected with. Is that correct? Friends or family? Absolutely. Okay. But nobody <laughs> knows where I live. Nobody knows where I live. Nobody knows who I am, where I am. Okay. Nobody with no exception. Uh-huh. Actually, okay. I was recently I got my big brother, little Marty B., because he, he wanted to visit me, and I tell I pick another location. And he said, why can I cannot go to your house like I used to long time ago? I said, because things have been changed. And unfortunately, I don't want to put you in, in jeopardize. Somebody can come in and get you to try to get me. And I cannot afford to do that, not in this moment. We got, yeah. too, much, we got too much on the table right now. Yeah, and I was wondering, back when you first came, you were in your late 20s, right? Is, is that correct? 23 years old. 23 years old. And I, no, I wonder in about... The, in the early 20s. A very, yeah. very handsome young kid. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say you were an experienced one. <laughs> um, how was that psychologically for you? How did you cope in those 
first few months and, and years of that transition at, at a young age? Of course, you were, like you said, you left your childhood way behind years before. Let me tell you, it's very difficult. It's very difficult to anybody involved in the business I involved in the espionage and all these things I've been doing to trust anyone fully. But I don't, uh, my friends ask me, how you can be so happy and so uh, going and, and be friendly with people? And I say, because I, don't, I cannot let my enemies win. win. I have to maintain the good humor, character, and personality. But behind all that stuff, I got a, like a mask that what I if anything go not according to what I expected from that person, and the red light, like in the dashboard you got with overheating, flash, I immediately withdraw. Yeah. Because I got the signal. I've been trained for that. I can read the, the people's expression. I can, I can tell you what you're blinking too much and you're lying. I can't, you know, even over the phone, I can tell you sometimes how you demeanor and how the way you talk in what kind of emotional state you are. And that is how well trained I've been. Didi, I think go, I, go back to your question. What I get here in, uh, in, the, in 1971, exactly, in October, you know, I, I say, oh, my God. You know, I'm I, I going to be here only for a few months. I planned to, to go back to Cuba immediately to do what I want to do. And one year get after the other, and one year get after the other, and I get more involved. Then I see a different prospect. I don't see Cuba anymore. I see the security to the entire war in risk. And I tell my freedom fighters and my colleagues and the people around me, it's not Cuba any longer. The war is at risk. If we don't save the future generations in every single democratic country around the world, Cuba is not important anymore because Cuba is going to be lost forever. If we save the rest of the, the world, we can come back and create a good and new and free Cuba and democratic Cuba where we will see a new people there stand for, 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 for whatever we leave. And that is why I dedicate my life to, to what we're doing. Wow. I tell people it's not democratic, it's not republican, it's not independent, it's not this, it's not that. This is only what we call decoys. They used to distract you. The real picture is behind all these people they want to turn down the system. And the politicians are so busy in their own personal careers and who is going to be the president and who is going to be doing this and who is going to be that. They distracted completely in a fog and they don't know, in, like in Cuba, in one single day, they are all the Congress, they are all the House of Representatives, and no institution is valuable anymore. Mm. And it's only, right. it's only one government. And who is going to direct that government? 
the individual dictator we have in the moment, and whatever you do, it will be illegal today if you're not on their side. Whatever you do. Because they can, they can make laws as you chewing gun. Today, for instance, you don't believe it. The young youth in Cuba, beginning to the revolution, cannot have long sideburns because that represents Elvis Presley's follows. And if anybody leads the long sideburns, he gets arrested. Oh. And you, you know what they do in the beginning? They take it to a place, they get a little machine, those shaver ch- machines, and they shave you electrical shavers, and they shave you your hair and everything. And that is a punishment in the beginning. Later on, they start to arrest you, and then they put you in a, in a camp, label camp, what they call it, re-education camp. Nothing more than a concentration camp from the Nazis. They make you work like a donkey from the Santa House to Santa Inn. Okay, and what you spend a couple of years in there, you coming out, you either fight against them and get killed, you left, you leave the country, or you adapt yourself and pretend to be in their side to survive. Well, I sure am glad you're here and that you're making yourself and this story available, Dr. Marmol. It's such a pleasure to have you. And I know Fred wants to go ahead and end the call. So I'll just say thank you for my part. <laughs> hey, everyone, uh, Dr. Marmel, you, you, we're going to close out the call tonight, but I'd just like, uh, in reference to what Dee Dee was saying, Dee Dee, Dr. Marmel kind of indicated uh, uh, when the door was open for us to be introduced to Dr. Marmel, uh, it sounds from a couple of conversations that he's checked us out. And uh, Dr. Marmel, uh, we're okay, right, so far? <laughs> Absolutely. Actually, please tell everyone, read two books. Okay. Read the book, okay. The Cuban Lightning, The Zipper. That is Thank the operation you. in 1989 for the counterfeit operation with Reagan. Okay. But so I actually charge every, them. Everyone, we have to read I wrote those, those down. And uh, they're on the websites, and uh, we can download them for free, pass them around, and share them. Absolutely. Give it to all your audience. Anybody request a book, pass in the, the, the books to you. you. I authorize you to give it to people over your uh, weight for free. I'm not interested in making a dime in that. And the other book is Cuba, Russian Roulette of the War. All the links are up Every, All the links are on the on the website for our newsletter, everyone. So please just visit aunetwork.tv, click on newsletter. It's all there. Dr. Just Marmel. give it to people. That, that way people get to know a little bit about Marty's story. And maybe some of the U.S. audience will have got great questions next time we come in, uh, in there. Sounds good. Dr. Marble, thank you so much. We're going to end the call tonight and have you back on for the third time. Uh, special thanks again to Ted Atkinson for chiming in here, Brett Gilliland, uh, and everyone for listening. Well, we'll see you next week, and, and uh, we'll look forward to having Dr. Marmel on again. Thank you, Doctor. On behalf Thank of you, Fred. Thank you, guys.
God bless you. You had a good evening. God bless you all. Good evening. God bless America. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye. A U N American Underground Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.